1: I hate to interrupt, but maybe you might like to listen to my new show, live from the Poundstone Institute, where I talk to researchers about interesting
2: studies. It's like hidden brain, except our brains are really well hidden. Find it now on
3: the NPR One app and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Jonathan. Yeah? Today, we're going to play a game about robots. So, robot trivia speed round. Okay. What Pixar character spent centuries cleaning Earth before finding love?
4: That was WALL-E.
3: Yes. What do you call a robot that is part human and part machine like Robocop? Uh, that is
4: called a cyborg.
3: Exactly. What robot is designed to act in a human-like fashion, but is unable to express real emotion?
4: Uh, Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. We have a great show for you. Four
3: brilliant contestants are here to play our nerdy games. They're backstage tweeting out the Applebee's menu and getting a lot of positive feedback. And our guest tonight is Chris Colfer. You know him from the series Glee, and he's also the author of many young adult books. This guy has millions of fans who ask him to do things all the time. And you know what? I can relate. I can totally relate. Uh, I once had this fan come up to me. She gave me her drink and her phone so I could take a picture of her with Jonathan (laughs) Colton. Joke's on her, of course. What she got was a 15-second video of my nostrils. (laughs) Our first game is about our future robot overlords, so let's meet our fragile human contestants. First up, Ariel Brown on buzzer number one. You're the deputy photo editor at Bloomberg Businessweek. Welcome. Thank you. Your opponent is Shadman Asif on buzzer number two. You're a part-time banker. Welcome. Great to be here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i like a question mark yeah. at the end of that. Okay, Ariel and Chadman, the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to the final round at the end of the show. In this game, Jonathan and I will tell you stories about robots or artificial intelligence. You have to tell me if they're real or if we made it up.
4: So buzz in to answer, but be careful. If you're wrong, your opponent automatically gets the point. Here we go.
3: Look out, food critics. The Thai government financed a machine that detects whether authentic Thai ingredients are used in a dish, real or fake. Ariel. Real. real. Yeah, that's real. The robot can chemically analyze and identify authentic Thai flavors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Costs $18,000.
4: It's a government-sponsored project.
3: That's uh, right. To tell you the main ingredient of Pad Thai is ketchup.
4: (laughs) Look out, anesthesiologists. Johnson & Johnson developed Sedasis, a robot that administers anesthesia. Real or fake? (laughs) Shadman. False. No, that is a real thing.
3: I know. Frightening, right?
4: Can can we just pretend it's false? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not for the purposes of that point in this game, I'm afraid but the product was actually discontinued due to poor sales.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure no one liked the idea of just a robot over them going count back from 10, right. you know, just
4: right. <laughs> try to relax.
3: <laughs> Look out Fox News anchors, Japanese scientists created an ultra realistic android newscaster who will say whatever you want. Real or fake? Ariel. Real. Yeah. Real. <laughs> I know. If that didn't freak you out, these robots come in adult and child models.
4: Why do you want a child newscaster? That seems like a weird... I don't trust a child to give me the news. <laughs> Look out, stunt doubles, action movies such as Transformers The Last Knight are using animatronic stunt doubles in scenes that would be fatal for humans. Real or fake? <laughs> Shadman. Real. I'm sorry, that is totally fake. What? Yeah. Oh, this they don't have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know.
3: Look out, field trip chaperones. Some Palo Alto school districts use robots to corral children on field trips. Real or fake? Ariel, uh, I'm just gonna go with real. Palo Alto, sounds good. I'm sorry, it is fake. <laughs> yeah. No, you were thinking that those robots you were thinking of are just dads that are computer programmers.
4: <laughs> Look out, shepherds. Researchers in England developed a sheep-herding AI that may one day be used in robot sheepdogs, real or fake. Shadman. Real. That is real. You are correct.
3: Look out, shepherds. <laughs> Technically, it's look out, sheepdogs. <laughs> right. I just like that one shepherd is like, huh? What? Me? <laughs> but my shepherd's stick is also a hot spot. <laughs> that would be a good idea. Lookout cruise ship bartenders. <laughs> Royal Caribbean has robotic bartenders in what they call a bionic bar. Real or fake? Ariel, that sounds real. That is real, <laughs> yeah.
4: I've had first-hand experience with these, these robots on and? the Royal Caribbean How were ship. were they? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't make the best cocktails I've ever had. <laughs> okay. Part of that may have been because my friends and I were using the app to just come up with ridiculous 25-step cocktails for them to make. (laughs) We would have them put ice in and then water and then shake it and then strain it. Then put vodka in and shake it and strain it. Dump the whole thing out. And uh, mostly they were joke drinks, so they tasted bad. But
3: it was fun to watch. Uh, See, this is the problem with anything when you involve humans. You're like, oh, yeah, well, make me a drink? (laughs) Yeah. Well... Let's screw with that yeah. you don't immediately. Mind, you
4: don't mind doing a little work because you're a robot? We'll get to work. <laughs> exactly. No tip indeed. That's right. <laughs> this is your last clue. Look out, music critics. Researchers in Michigan made an algorithm that was smart enough to guess the order the Beatles albums were released based on the band's musical evolution. Real or fake? Shadman. True. That is real. You are correct. <laughs>
5: Archung, how did our contestants do? It was a close game, but congratulations, Ariel. You're one step closer to our final round.
3: In our next game, we'll play songs backwards. Or, as they say in Twin Peaks, you know, our next game, we'll play songs backwards. (laughs) First, let's check in with our contestants. Shadman is a part-time banker. Well, what do you think? Is it for you? Are you going to go full-time at some point?
5: My boss listens to this radio show, Yeah. So. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I think it's time for a race.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Ariel, as a photo editor, what is like one of the most well-known, I don't know, cover photo shoots that you may have been involved with? Um, I photographed Obama, and I'm
6: actually wearing the dress that I photographed oh, him. Oh, yeah.
3: Yay. Uh, and everything that I could imagine, it was. It was fast, and uh, and I introduced myself to him as Mr. President. So,
6: so it went well. It was it was good. It was great. You said, yeah. I'm sorry.
4: You said that you were Mr. He, President. He
6: asked me my name, and I said Mr. President. <laughs> and and he promptly moved on from from there, singling me out as the insane one on the shoot. So it was good.
3: It was I'm good. sure he was like, get, I get that all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We have an audio quiz called If I Could Turn Back Time. In this game, we'll play a song. You tell us the name of the song, and the twist is all of these songs are themed around the concept of time, but we're playing them backwards. So buzz in as soon as you know the name of the song. Ariel, you won the last game, so win this, and you're off to the final round. Shadman, you need to win this, or you'll be Benjamin Buttoned.
2: No pressure. Here we go.
3: Here's your first backwards song. Shadman.
2: Coldplay, Speed of Sound.
3: That is not the name of the song. Ariel, can you steal? The Scientist? I don't
5: know. Okay. (laughs) Good songs, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) We were looking for a different Coldplay song, Clocks. Oh. Time, Clocks. Oh, like the rules you mentioned. Yeah, like the rules.
3: (laughs) Right. <laughs> Let's hear the next one. Yeah, that's the end of
5: that clip. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. The uh, song was sung by Cyndi Lauper.
4: Ariel. Time after time? Time after time. Huh? Some pretty good reasoning right there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, let's hear this next one. Shadman.
2: This is my time.
3: Good guess, not the name of this song.
2: It's my time.
3: It's your time is also not uh-huh. correct.
2: Can I have more guesses?
3: That would be the end of your guesses. (laughs) Ariel, can you steal? For every season, turn, 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 turn. We'll take...
5: (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll take most of that. The answer was turn, turn, turn. Turn, turn,
1: turn. Yes.
3: (laughs) Turn, turn, turn by the birds. Let's hear the next one.
6: Hit me, baby, one more time.
4: <laughs> Ariel, you were so surprised and excited
1: I to did. know the answer. I know,
6: I know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is correct. Baby, one more time. Brittany Spears, this is your last clue. As soon as you know it, just buzz right in. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone want to uh, buzz in and take a guess?
5: This one's all you. <laughs> the word "time" is in the title, and it was sung by Semisonic. That really doesn't help. <laughs> it should.
1: <laughs> There's only. Oh, one.
3: I know it. Closing time. Ariel, that oh. is correct.
5: Alright, our chung, how did our contestants do? A little bit of a tougher game. Congratulations, Ariel. You're moving on to the final <laughs> round.
3: Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Ariel in our final round at the end of the show. And we'll meet Chris Colfer. He starred on Glee. He's a best-selling young adult fiction writer. But we're going to ask him also about his most impressive hobby, being a ninja. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another
6: from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell and show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva Luxury Mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands, but because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit saatva.com slash NPR and save an additional $200. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell and show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR.
4: This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru Art Chung. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
3: Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, our contestant Ariel won her way to the final round at the end of the show, and we're going to find out a little later who she will face off against. But first, let's welcome our special guest. He starred as Kurt on the show Glee, now he's a YA author, and the last installment of his Land of Stories series, Worlds Collide, is out now. Please welcome Chris Colfer. (laughs)
1: Low Joe's Pub. <laughs>
7: <laughs>
3: Welcome to Ask Me Another. Such a pleasure to have oh, you. Thank you for having me. Now, yeah. I have to ask you right
1: from the beginning.
3: You auditioned for Glee right out of high school, uh-huh. but technically
1: you didn't get the part. No, I didn't. No, Kevin McHale got the part that I was auditioning for. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get on the show? Uh, bribery. Uh, no, um, I, uh, I, you know, uh, they just thought I was so awkward. They thought, we need that in our show. Um, and so they wrote me apart they wrote you
3: a part and and the part they write for you i mean i don't know how much pressure you felt because your your role kurt hummel was a openly gay character Mm -hmm. in high school yeah and then and that was very groundbreaking 2008 television even groundbreaking it's crazy how different the world was back then yeah
1: really it's not yeah
3: yeah so did you hear that and go oh my god this part was written for me i'm jumping at that chance
1: you know i was absolutely terrified because i I come from a from a place where uh uh, gay kids are used as pinatas uh so um i was i was I was very, very scared. Um, but then I thought, oh, but what about the award potential? And then I, <laughs> and then I, felt, uh, and then I felt right at home.
3: <laughs> so, I mean, the series ends, and right, I'm sure you were flooded with offers for other television, movies, perhaps, uh, but you really wanted to go deep into the writing.
1: Yeah, you know, it was you know, after, after six years of, you know, uh, the best way I could describe the Glee schedule was like being in a constant tech rehearsal. You know, it was <laughs> just like... Oh, yeah dance rehearsals, singing this, this. Sometimes we get calls at 3 o'clock in the morning and saying, hey, your call time is at 6, you know? Um, So uh, after that, you know, a career where you can do most of it in your pajamas is very, very appealing.
3: (laughs) And have you been writing your entire life? I mean, you're very prolific, so, do you remember when you first started writing?
1: Yeah, I was I was I was a little kid. I was I was um, very very detailed in my uh, storylines with my action figures. Um, and uh, <laughs> okay, wait, wait, what action figures? Um, uh, oh, it varied. Um, uh, sometimes it was Batman, sometimes it was spider whatever whatever the mood was mm-hmm, that I was sure. um, going through. Um, and um, I always I always like would always get like one of the little Barbies from, from McDonald's, and she'd be like the damsel in distress, yeah. which which is completely anti feminist now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But um, uh, yeah, and I, I think that's, that was like my first experience writing. And I try to play with other, my, my friends, and they would always go off book. And I'd get so fussed. So I'd be like, no, Spider Man is not doing that. I told you what the storyline was. Um, so that, I think that was my first, my first taste of it. So
3: this best-selling series, The Land of Stories, centers on Alex and Connor twins who enter the fairy tales kind of by accident after receiving a book from their grandmother.
1: Yes, yes. Okay. They, they inherit a magic storybook that sucks them into the fairy tale world. What
3: was the appeal of writing fantasy and diving
1: into fairy tales? Oh, I think I just was so uninterested in reality. I was like, there's got to be something better than this. Um... <laughs> And as a kid, I, I, my, my sister was sick, so it was a really great way to escape. Um, and yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad I did it. <laughs> What do you think the importance is of retelling these fairy tales that we all know in so many different incarnations? Well, so we only think we know them. I mean, I mean, so many people don't know the original Brothers Grimm versions, which were meant to terrify children. Dark. Right? Dark, like in Snow White, like the Evil Queen uh, tries to kill her three times. Like first with the poison comb, then with with a corset, and then with the apple. Which, I mean, after the comb, I probably would stop answering the door myself. <laughs> But um, that was like you know that was the lesson. It was you know if you if you you know meet a stranger and they cause you harm, don't don't go near them again. And and you know like with um, the Little Mermaid in the, in the original version, the Little Mermaid doesn't doesn't you know marry the prince. She kills herself because the prince marries someone else. And it was supposed to teach young women don't throw your lives away for the first guy that you know picks you up off a beach. Sure. So thank you. Thank you. Know, thank you, Hans Christian Anderson. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, it's, it's sad. Like I feel like if we just, you know, if we just incorporated those more into into life, I think kids would be a lot better off.
3: Now I know this is all fantasy, but the character of the grandmother that gives the uh, twins this book. Uh, that I feel like is a little bit of reflection on your life because mm-hmm. your grandmother plays a sort of a pivotal role yes. in your writing career. Yes,
1: my, my grandmother was my very first editor. Um, and when the when the land stories first came to me, I was about seven or eight, and uh, I would uh, I, try, I tried writing the novel then, and it was very hard. You tried writing this novel. I when did. You were seven. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I did not know enough words to make it happen. Um, <laughs> And uh, every time I finished a chapter, I would, uh, I would print it out and I'd take it. I'd ride my bike over to my grandma's house and I would, uh, I'd give it to her and she'd grammar check it. She'd spell check it. And, and if she liked it, she'd put it in a pile on her table. But if she didn't like it, she'd crumble it up in front of me, toss it in the trash can and say, Christopher, you can do better. <laughs> yeah, but I think I, think, I mean she, she still was the toughest editor I've ever worked with. Um, but I think it really kind of, it kind of set me up for real life. That's amazing. Yeah. Did she read you know the books that we now
3: know as the part of the oh, series? Oh yeah, Lampsters? she reads them.
1: Yeah, she reads them um, on her iPad or she waits for the for the large print, um, and uh, she reads them quite a bit. Does she give you feedback? Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, she. Well, she's always very particular about how I portray grandmothers in my writing. <laughs> um. So now we have the final book in the series. Worlds collide. You've decided that this is it. We're
3: ending the series, mm-hmm. even though I'm pretty sure that if you just, I don't know, decided
1: I'm going to write another twenty people yeah. would read them why end it you know i uh, <laughs> i i don't want to stretch it out you know and, and until it was just you know so thin there was nothing there so i wanted to end it at the right time when like i, I felt like it was a it was a good time within the story okay. i think that's now
3: yeah. yeah but it's going to another
1: life because yes. there is going to be a uh, movie there's going to be movies yeah so i'm very excited about movies
3: uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I said movie. You yeah, said moving movies. Moving pictures. See? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's great. Uh, you wrote these uh, the screenplays? Uh, the I'm screen... writing
1: it now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'll also be directing, which I'm so excited and uh, terrified, but in a good way. In a good way.
3: Yeah. yeah. Is your uh, grandmother going to be involved in casting in any way? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but it's funny because it's like it was the biggest news of my whole life, and I call her up and I tell her, and she's like, yeah, I knew it would happen. I was like, all right. Yeah. Right. It's like you can't get the full big praise. No, no. But then she like, she gets on her Facebook and just brags yes. and brags and brags. And I'm like, where is that into my face? Like, gosh, all this time I don't think you love me. And then she's like, I got 2,000 likes. Right, right. Very popular. From various tea parties. Yeah.
3: Now, I watched uh, a bunch of clips of you preparing to talk to you. i sorry. Uh, no, it was Fantastic. <laughs> But it gives me great joy to be able to say this on the show because I've never met anyone before that I could say, so it seems like you're a pretty good ninja.
6: Thank you. Yeah.
1: Yes. That is the first time I've ever been complimented about, being my, about my ninjutsu. Yeah, so thank I mean, you.
3: you're skilled with the Japanese uh, seisores? Seisores. I'm sorry. yes.
1: Yeah, you, you spin them and... I spin them, I, f- I, f- I catch them, I, I, I drop them on my foot. I, I do, I do, I do. I'm actually very, very good at it. So look it up. And very you'll, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so how did that particular uh, <laughs> hobby of yours begin? Um, I was a really big fan of Xena Warrior Princess yeah. when I was a kid. Um, looking back now, it um it all makes sense. Um and, you know, I didn't I didn't I didn't ever want to, you know, be with her or Gabrielle, but I wanted to be them. Sure. Um so uh, and, and Gabrielle had had the size words, and I was like, I wanna do that. Um, and Electra, and um, I think Raphael, the Ninja Turtles, and uh, and so I just really wanted to learn, and uh, so I, um, uh, with the with, with the first job I ever got was uh, it was called uh, it was this little student film called Russell Fish and the Sausage and Eggs Incident, where uh, I, I used that paycheck, which was about twenty dollars, and uh, I bought some bought me some swords. Where do you buy these swords? eBay. Okay, eBay. of course. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was legal, but you know. it's... Yeah. It's eBay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's done is done. <laughs> Chris
3: Colfer, are you ready for your Ask Me Another Challenge? I don't know if I'll ever be ready, but yeah, I'm that, here, so let's is, do it. That is, I yeah. believe, the mantra of the ninja. <laughs> uh, Chris Colfer, everybody. Yeah. So, Chris, you have a, I would say, complex relationship with fan
1: fiction. Yes, I do. I do. It's an abusive relationship. <laughs> oh, gosh. There's a lot that has been written about you. Yes, there has.
3: Yes. Uh, and you wrote a book called Stranger Than Fan Fiction. I did, yes. Which is. I'm part of... of the problem. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Which is not about you, but it's sort of. You use, I guess, your own experience as a
1: jumping off yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it's, it's about a, a really uppity actor uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> who. Um, gets invited on a road trip with four mega fans, and he shocks them when he shows up, and and they think it's going to be a dream come true, but it's just the biggest nightmare ever. (laughs) Because reality is rough.
3: Yeah, right, exactly. So in this game, we have written our own fan fiction. Mm -hmm. Uh, You just have to tell us the original works they are based on. Okay. Okay? Okay, okay, okay. And if you do well enough, Tori Atkins from Saratoga Springs, New York, is going to win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Oh,
1: no, the stakes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, okay. We
3: warned you. All right. If you need a hint, our puzzle guru, Art Chung, is standing by to help you out. <laughs> oh, great. Thank you. All right, let's give it a shot. Uh-huh. Without her glasses, Vilma could barely make out the figure standing before her. Mm-hmm. The person was blurry but familiar and unmistakably sensual. Velma, it's me, the figure said. It's Daphne.
1: Oh, oh, I'm sorry, it's got wrapped up in it. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, that was definitely Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah.
3: It was the eve of revolution. Aaron Burr and Hercules Mulligan hated each other, but tonight they were lonely. And they were ready to raise more than a glass to freedom.
1: (laughs) The British are coming. The British are coming. (laughs) Well, if it's fan fiction, is it turn? Just think like the most uh,
3: popular incarnation out there right now. Oh, duh. Yeah,
1: 1776. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, The musical. Oh, deb- you know, I, I keep forgetting that there's fan fiction about musicals, too. But yeah, Hamilton, that's yeah, what it yeah, is. Right, yeah. right,
3: right,
1: right. There's fan fiction about everything.
3: Yeah, yeah. Everyone said a water type and a fire type could never fall in love, but Squirtle and Charmander didn't care about
1: society's rules. Um, well, Pokemon. I yes. Yeah. I was going to say, like, orange is the new black, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I
7: didn't.
3: Yeah, it's true. Don't Google Squirtle. My mind races as the host approaches my team. My brothers and uncles jump and clap. I stand frozen. But in my heart, the survey says, Steve Harvey, you're my father.
1: Oh my god, please tell me it's the sequel to like Slumdog Millionaire and not like well, Family Feud, obviously. But oh my gosh, Family Feud even. Even Steve Harvey isn't safe.
3: Gosh. Okay, here's your last clue. When he heard the show was doing a segment about couples yoga, Matt Lauer expected to be paired up with Savannah Guthrie. But now, as two strong arms caressed his own, Matt gulped. He never knew Al Roker like this before.
1: Oh my God, I'm seeing these people tomorrow. <laughs> oh God, that's the Today Show. Yeah, sure is. Oh God. Wow. Yeah, I think you did
3: uh, pretty smashing on that Puzzle Thanks. Archung how did our special guest do
1: Chris
5: got them all right congratulations you and our listener Tori Atkins each one ask me another Rubik's Cubes yes you're amazing thank you so much for being
3: oh, part of our show thank you so much for having, us. Yeah. No,
1: having me thank you appreciate it
3: thank you. the final book of Chris's The Land of Stories series Worlds Collide is out now give it up one more time for Chris Colfer <laughs> Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next two contestants will play a game about famous duos. Let's meet them. First up, Natalie Savitz on buzzer number one. You're a news researcher at ABC News. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. Your opponent is Spencer Gaffney on buzzer number two. You quit your job in finance to become a novelist. Yeah,
8: pretty excited about
3: it. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> All right, remember Natalie and Spencer, the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to the final round at the end of the show. Let's go to your first game, Natalie. Who is the second half of your duo? And say my sister. Your sister. Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys are inseparable.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, she's like 4 years younger than me, but people think we're like twins and yes. and we like kind of talk and giggle the same way and
3: yeah. I know. She's Sweet. here right now. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Yeah, she was like, guess what your answer to that question is going to be. <laughs> Spencer, who's the other half of your duo? Uh, I would say my wife. Smart yeah. smart thing to say right now. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> so in this trivia game, every answer is a famous duo. The clue will be two alternate descriptions for their names. Let's go to our puzzle guru, Archung,
5: for an example. If we said this long-running magic act consists of a writing implement and a bank employee, you'd answer pen and Teller. Now remember, the alternate descriptions we give may or may not be the same spelling as the actual names.
3: Okay, here we go. Want
5: to buy a book? Go into farm buildings
3: that house livestock and talk to an aristocrat. Spencer.
4: Barnes & Noble. That is correct, yeah. <laughs> These daytime talk show hosts are A Shade of Green and A Speaker of the House. Spencer. Uh, Something in Ryan.
8: Uh, Emerald and Ryan? (laughs) That sounds like an
4: awesome daytime
3: talk show. I love Emerald and Ryan.
4: That is is, is incorrect. Natalie, do you know the answer?
2: I can't think. I don't
3: know. Kelly and Ryan.
4: That is correct.
3: Yeah. Wow. I know, it changes so often, you couldn't yeah, think of what the new name my is. Yeah, too. <laughs> I know. Forest
4: and Ryan. It's
3: okay, yeah. <laughs> the 1962 Nobel Prize in Medicine went to Sherlock Holmes's companion and a stiff feeling in your neck. Natalie. Watson and
4: Crick. That is correct. It's the 1970s duo consisting of typical Southern California weather and Alicia Silverstone's character from Clueless. Natalie.
2: Sonny and Cher.
4: You got it.
3: Who knew these rappers and stars of the House Party franchise were a child and a theater
5: production? We're looking for two rappers who were in the House Party movies, one of them had big hair. (laughs) Natalie.
2: I have no idea, but I'm just going to think. Yeah, sure. Um, Child, so I will say kid... And uh, Play That is correct <laughs> What? Really? I still am totally unfamiliar And have no idea what I just Kid said
3: Kid and play
4: You did it Wow <laughs> It's the department store that's founded by God And a guy who makes fitted suits Spencer More Taylor Yeah, okay. that was quick
3: This is your last clue It's an ice cream company founded by The Bell in Westminster's Clock Tower and Seinfeld. Spencer. Ben and Jerry's. That is correct.
5: Puzzle Guru Archung, how did our contestants do? Another close game. Congratulations, Natalie. You're one step closer to our final round. We don't care
3: if you're in a duo, thruple, quadruple, or just like swinging. Be a contestant on our show, and you only have to answer to yourself. Go to amatickets.org. Coming up, Jonathan Colton will play a musical game about cities that are near cities that you actually know. And we'll meet today's mystery guest who's working on an interesting project is it a model of the Eiffel Tower made out of marshmallows? Who knows? Stay tuned to find out. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, VCU Massey Comprehensive Cancer Center, who, as an NCI-designated Comprehensive Cancer Center in the country's top 4%, is unconditionally committed to keeping loved ones in their lives. MasseyCancerCenter.org slash comprehensive. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Project Lead the Way. In today's changing world, every teacher deserves a STEM ally. Project Lead the Way is a proven national leader in science, technology, engineering, and math education for pre-K through high school. They strive to help teachers make every student in every grade STEM successful through interactive, problem-based learning. Learn more and find a school with Project Lead the Way near you at pltw.org slash NPR. We all hear things differently, and that can be tough when there's so much noise. This election year, we're a space to speak up and to listen. Listen to 1A for the latest on election 2024, only from NPR.
4: This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton here with Puzzle Guru Art Chung. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
3: Thanks, Jonathan. Up next, Jonathan will play an anthem about people who say they're from Seattle when they're actually from Bellevue. <laughs> Let's check in with our contestants, Natalie and Spencer. Natalie, uh, on your 13th birthday, you talked to one of my favorite actors of all time, Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. How was it? I want to know.
2: Well, it was the most maybe embarrassing thing ever. And it was my birthday and I was like at an Applebee's or Chili's, one of those and my um, stepmother's brother-in-law handed me the cell phone and i just hear his voice on it and my whole family's just staring at me and i was just like what am i supposed to say now yeah he was like pulling teeth trying to get me to talk and you know that was just it i had such a big crush and then i was like oh he's a real person that i have nothing to say to <laughs> right into.
4: that happens all the time natalie <laughs>
3: Spencer, something you wrote about uh, Pop-Tarts went semi-viral on Reddit, Uh, how did that change your life? For the
8: better, I'd, I'd like to think. Yeah. But, uh, so I spent a lot of time in the snack aisle in college, still do sometimes, but uh, I discovered that unfrosted Pop-Tarts actually have 10 more calories than frosted Pop-Tarts, which completely blew my mind, but they add a little bit of extra pastry to the side of the unfrosted Pop-Tarts to make them feel more satisfying.
3: You just blew open something, okay? Yeah.
8: Oh, yeah. It's big. Wow.
3: Spencer, if you ever don't want to write novels, have you thought about just, like, really diving into undercover, like... Un- un- yeah,
8: investigative snack food journalism. That's what I was, Yeah, <laughs>
3: that's what I was going for.
8: I, I've given it a lot of thought. I'm going to pursue this dream first, but that's the backup
3: plan. Okay, good to know. I like a plan B. Let's go to your next game, where Jonathan Colton has odes in different area codes. Jonathan, what is
4: it about? Well, there are plenty of songs about big cities, but what about the less celebrated cities? True. That live in their shadows. We rewrote big city anthems to be about smaller cities that are more or less close by. So buzz in and tell me the city that I'm singing about. And if you get that right, for a bonus point, you can tell me the name of the original song.
3: Okay, Natalie, you won the last game. So you win this and you're in the final round. Spencer, you need to win this or you'll have to move to Old York. That's where... They have an apple store, but it actually sells apples. The subway is a horse and they have a great restaurant.
8: (laughs) sounds kind of (laughs) quaint. Okay. Here we go. Here we go.
4: Now you're in Jersey. Concrete runways airplanes can land on. You can depend on Brick City's airport. Spencer. Newark. Newark is correct. And then the
8: original song was I Love New York or New York. Concrete Jungle, where dreams are made of.
4: There's are you, nothing are you, you, are you can just do. saying a bunch of words right now, Spencer? <laughs> yeah, it's,
8: it's a great song, but I forget which ones were the original. Uh, I'm going to go with I Love New York. That, no. I, <laughs>
4: that is not the name of the no. song. Uh, the name of the song is Empire State of Mind. That makes a lot more but sense. But you did get the question right, so right. that's one point for you, Spencer. <laughs> Party in the city in a rental car. Buccaneers, Bush Gardens, Ebor Cigar. See the estuary. Benvenido. Ah, the St. Pete Ferry. Spencer. Tampa. Tampa, that's right. And the original song was
3: Miami. Yeah, you got it. Will Smith.
4: Yep, that's right.
3: All right. I feel like we just tapped into really your knowledge base in that one question.
8: (laughs) I love me some secondary cities.
4: (laughs) All the little kids trying hard not to skid go tires rock. Rubber Rocks, the Goodyear Crew and LeBron James to go Devo Rocks. Black Keys Rock. Spencer, Akron Rocks. <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> and the song? Cleveland Rocks. Yeah, you're killing it, Spencer. Good morning, Queen Anne's Town. Every day I try not to drown. Every night on the Chesapeake at the Naval Academy. Spencer. Annapolis? But Annapolis <laughs> is correct. Do you know the name of the song? No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, everyone's crowd is very disappointed with me. <laughs> That was Good Morning Baltimore from Hairspray. (laughs) He's like from Hairspray. (laughs) Yeah,
3: exactly. We like some of your knowledge, but very disappointed in other parts of you.
4: (laughs) Well, come on, Sam Kinison's from here, you know. Well, come on, Richard Pryor is also from here, you know. Not much to say, but will it play in this place? Southwest of Chicago. Spencer.
8: Um no, it's in Illinois. Uh, <laughs>
4: can you be more specific? <laughs> um, Skokie? That's a very good guess, but it is incorrect. Natalie, now's your chance to steal.
2: Um Fairfield, I don't even I don't know. That's Sorry, the name of But it's also city. incorrect.
4: We were looking for Peoria. Oh. oh, Peoria. Yeah, I know, I know. And that was Sweet Home Chicago. This is your last clue. Here we used to be, a coal mine town, good old PA, anthracite. Now we're known as to Mifflin's home. Electric cities shine the light. Young Joe Biden, won't you shine the light?
2: Natalie. Scranton. Oh, yeah.
4: Do you know the song? No. No. What is it, I'm everybody? Sorry. Philadelphia Freedom by Elton John. That's right.
5: Oh, okay. <laughs> Art Chung, how did they do? Spencer, you tied it up, so we're going to a quick game three. I'm going to give you a category, and you go back and forth naming things that fall into that category. The first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. Buzz in to answer first. Here's your category. Name Time Magazine's Person of the Year from 2006 to 2016. Spencer, you're first. Donald Trump. Donald Trump is correct. Natalie? Obama. Barack Obama twice. Yes, that's correct. Spencer? Was there one that was you with, like, a mirror? <laughs> you were the person of the year. That's right, in 2006. That is correct. <laughs> Natalie? Um, I'm going to say Hillary Clinton. No, I'm sorry. That is incorrect. The other answers were Angela Merkel, Ben Bernanke, Ebola fighters, Pope Francis, the protester, Mark Zuckerberg, and Vladimir Putin. Uh-huh. Natalie, we're sorry to see you go. Spencer, you're headed to the final round. <laughs>
3: While Ariel and Spencer get ready for their final round, it's time for us to play a game. This is Mystery Guest. A stranger is about to join us on stage. Jonathan and I have no idea who this person is or what makes them special. Only
5: our puzzle guru, Arch Chung, does. That's right. Ophir, you and Jonathan will work together as a team to figure out our Mystery Guest secret by asking yes or no questions. Mystery Guest, please introduce yourself.
7: Hello, my name is Zoe Greenberg, and as part of my job, I'm involved in an unusual New York City project. Okay. Uh, Is your project
3: um, something that I would go to see? No, not necessarily. Okay.
4: Is it primarily science related? Yes. Uh huh.
3: Okay, science related. I'm just going based on a lot of other people that we have met as mystery guests. Does your project have to do with
7: rats? <laughs> uh, no. Okay.
4: I had the same question. <laughs> I had the exact same question. Does it involve uh, some, some other city animal, like a, a pigeon or a cockroach or something like that?
7: A um, city animal like a, city- a cockroach? <laughs> For
4: instance, it's a kind of animal.
7: Uh, I would say, yes, a city animal.
4: A city animal.
7: Is it a cockroach? It is not a cockroach, no. Pigeon? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) What are
5: the other city animals?
4: Those are the only three city animals, rats, pigeons, and cockroaches.
5: (laughs) Let me clarify. It's not an animal that, right, that's not like top of mind, but the animal part is very important to the project. Okay. It's not an obvious animal. No.
3: It's like not an animal I'm keeping in my apartment. Uh, Hopefully not. No. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
4: Are we dealing with uh, some kind of a mammal here? Some sort of a, a no. furry
5: creature? No, no, not a mammal. Not
3: a mammal? No. Uh, so what are we down to? Like reptiles and fish?
5: Well, why right. don't you ask, like, right, think about where these animals might live.
3: Where they might live? Well, we, we took out people's apartments. Upper west apartments. side or like. <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with fish. Does your uh,
7: project involve fish? Uh, not fish, but but your clothes. Uh, okay. Some sort of Thanks. aquatic Thanks. animal. Thanks, yes. So. That's hey, not a fish. Wait a second. <laughs> Does,
3: does your project involve the whale watching that is happening right now in Brooklyn?: No. Another <laughs> great idea.
4: <laughs> also, that's a mammal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right.): <laughs> uh, OK, so some sort of aquatic creature that's not a fish. Phew, I'm out of options. mermaids. <laughs> are you, are you studying the famous, are, you st- <laughs> are you studying the famous Gowanus mermaid?: Ah, uh, yeah,
5: no.
3: All right. Can I eat this animal?
4: Yes. Oh,
5: good. Great. And it's native to New York.
3: Okay, oysters. How about some oysters? Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. Let's repopulate some oyster yes. beds because New York used to be a big oyster place, right? And, they, and instead of hot dog carts, they were selling oysters yeah. or something. Yeah. Absolutely. That's it. Congratulations. That's <laughs> okay.
5: Zoe is a scientific diver for the Billion Oyster Project, whose goal is to restore one billion live oysters to New York Harbor. As part of her job, Zoe teaches diving at the New York Harbor School, a public maritime high school located on Governor's Island.
3: Cool!
7: So how did you get involved with repopulating these oysters? Well, I came at it because I'm a a dive instructor. Yeah. So I teach high school students to become working divers in the harbor, and as part of that, Um, I train those kids to do work on these oyster reefs, um, helping to install them and uh, maintain and survey. Uh, I mentioned it. Briefly, that I was like, oh, all the oysters used to be
3: sold like uh, hot dog carts that we know now all over the city. But do you know a little bit about the, the history
7: of oysters
3: in New York City?
7: Yes, oysters were a major food source for the Lenape people. And then for poor New Yorkers, rich New Yorkers, everybody ate oysters. It's been speculated that at one time, um, New York was actually supplying half the world's supply of oysters. We used to send oysters um, you know, off to Europe. You know, when, when Henry Hudson came, there were hundreds of thousands of acres of oysters and piles of oyster shells um, called middens. Right. Um, I know much of the uh, streets or uh, a lot of the concrete is even mixed with old oyster shells. Right.
3: Yeah, I've seen that yeah. in
7: some of the old streets. Yeah. So oysters were definitely a very important part of uh, of our history.
3: Very cool. And and what happened to all of those oysters?
7: Uh, well, over-harvesting, dredging. Um, pollution. Yeah. Yeah, we've pretty much decimated the population of oysters in our harbor. Yeah, people. That's
3: what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much people. Yeah. So now, yeah. Well, now we're gonna fix it. Yeah. And what benefits does uh, you know, repopulating these oyster reefs what, what benefits is that to the water or to
7: I don't know, the ecology in sure. general? So so oysters do a lot of things. They filter the water. Um, an adult oyster can filter up to fifty gallons of water in a day. Really? So, so the idea is that a billion oysters um, could filter the standing body of water of New York Harbor in just three days. What? Yeah. Whoa. Uh, but oysters do a lot of things. They're reef-building creatures, right? So the reefs help to stabilize our shorelines, and they provide habitat for countless um, other species right. that live in our harbor. How
4: how far have we gotten to one billion? What are we at right now?
7: Uh, so we've been at this for about three years or so. We have put 22 million oysters into Wow. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And all of that is with the help of these amazing high school students and community groups. So it's a pretty cool. That cool is project.
3: fantastic. Okay, so how long does this project go into the future?
7: Is this like a five year, ten year? Uh, twenty years. It's so, a twenty years? So the idea is that billion oysters by twenty thirty five. That's our goal. Okay. Should you then eat those oysters or no? Don't eat those oysters? No, 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 no. Don't don't eat the oysters that come out of New York. So when I'm served
3: Gowanus oysters, say no, say no.
7: Say no. Got it. Say no. Thank (laughs) you so much for being
3: on our show. And thank you so much for being part of this amazing project. Thank you you so much for having me. Our mystery guest is Zoe Greenberg. Thank Thank you. Now it's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Ariel Brown, who, when she met Barack Obama, introduced herself as Mr. President. (laughs) And Spencer Gaffney, whose backup career is investigative snack food journalist. (laughs) Puzzker Archung, take it away.
5: Thanks, Sophia. Ariel and Spencer, your final round is called Channel Flip. Each clue is the rough opposite of a famous TV show. For example, if I said, fixing good, you'd answer, breaking bad. We're playing this round like a penalty shootout. You'll each get up to eight questions. The contestant who scores the most points will be our big winner. Your prize is an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube and a copy of the final book in Chris Colfer's The Land of Stories series, Worlds Collide. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Spencer is going first. Here we go. Spencer, the bad husband. The good wife. That is correct. Ariel, celibacy and the suburb. Sex in the city. That is correct. Spencer, mopey nights. Happy days. That is right. Ariel, stale on the plane. Fresh off the bus. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Fresh off the boat. <laughs> I don't think we can take that. You have to take your first answer. We were looking for fresh off the boat. Spencer, anarchy and chaos. Law and order. That is right. Ariel, childbirth, he read. Murder, She Wrote. That's right. Spencer, empty apartment. Full house. That's right. Ariel, little big truce.
2: Big little lies. That's right.
5: We're at the halfway point. Spencer is in the lead, four to three. Spencer, cheers. Cheers. That's right. <laughs> Ariel, Canadian mortals. American gods. That's right. Spencer, the old imam. The
8: new pope. The young pope. Sorry, it was wrong.
5: No, I'm sorry. We have to take your first answer. It's the young pope. Ariel, North Drive. South Park. That is correct. Spencer, the running living. The walking dead. That is correct. Ariel, white window. Black mirror. That is correct. The score is tied. You each have one question left. Spencer, found... Lost. That's right. Ariel, you need this to survive. Divorced without adults. Married with children. That is right. (laughs) We're all tied up, so hands on your buzzers. Here's your tiebreaker clue. Old boy. Spencer. New girl. That is correct. Congratulations, Spencer.
3: And that's our show. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Archung. Hey, my name, Anna to Mark Thug. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Now, Jolta Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Juan Escalante, Greg Lightman, David Letzler, and Glenn McDonald. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Danny Shin, Ramel Wood, and our intern Kurt Van Zand, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Noriko Okabe, and David Hurtgen. Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsom and Jesse Baker. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, the Hot Heel Blues. And her production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR.
4: Jonathan Colton here. Ask Me Another will be returning to downtown Los Angeles with two back-to-back live shows at the Ace Hotel Theater on August 17th and 18th. And something we've never done before. We're putting eight celebrities to the test as contestants. That's right. Celebrity contestants will put it all on the line for nothing but bragging rights and a coveted Rubik's Cube. You won't want to miss it. Guest information and tickets are at amatickets.org.
3: Next time on Ask Me Another, we have actor Zazie Beetz from the FX series Atlanta, who we learn is fluent in German, and she tells us a German joke. Are you going to tell it in German? Oh, you want me to tell it in English? Okay. So there's a a Prussian... (laughs) <laughs> Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.
6: This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. With the Spark Cash Plus card, you earn unlimited two percent cash back on every purchase for your business. Find out more at capitalone.com/slash/sparkcashplus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Anthropic. Their Claude 3 model family is enterprise ready AI. Haiku is fast and cost-effective. Sonnet perfectly balances skill with speed, and Opus sets new intelligence industry benchmarks. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude.